Okay, she I'll... didn't even do it. <laughs> yeah, you were even doing it. I was just like, do it. you with one. Pause. Okay, okay. Let's go. Breathe. Yeah, one more time. In. Hold it. Release. Okay, okay. we can do this. Hi everyone, welcome to Like A Real Book Club, a podcast from Rebel Women Lit, where we talk about books and just about everything else. I'm Jerrine. I'm Christina. And I'm Ashley. Cool, so we're part of Rebel Women Lit, a book club that's about two and a almost three years. Yes. 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 2017? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Almost three years old. Um, it was just something that I started around my birthday because I wanted to talk about Autry Lord with a bunch of intelligent people. And the best way to do that is to force everyone to do that on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and since then it kind of just evolved into a book club and into an online space. And now um, I absolutely love sharing this space with other people and encouraging them to own sections of it on their own. Uh, but yeah, we can talk about Herbal Women in later episodes. For now, we're just going to introduce ourselves and we're going to talk about books and about everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, I I love reading. I've always loved reading. I can remember as far back as being maybe two and reading my brother's Hardy Boys books. I thought you were going to say diary, honestly. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did he have a diary? I don't know. <laughs> But I used to love reading his Hardy Boys books. I used to read literally anything I could get my hands on. But, you know, as you got older, as school came into the picture, reading became a little bit harder. Or well, reading for leisure became a little bit harder. But Rebel Women Lit became a thing. And it sort of introduced me to a whole other side of reading. Previously, I read you know, like almost every teenage girl, you read a lot of romance novels, um, you had a little, you had other flyaway books, but I think Rebel Women Lit introduced me to books by black women. And that's been literally the best thing to have ever happened to me in my entire canon career. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you think I would have a podcast? In my entire fucking life, man. Aww, this is the sweetest thing ever. Ever, seriously. No, seriously. Because then it just, it made me be a little bit more intentional about my reading, yeah. intentional about what I'm consuming and what's feeding me. That sounds very airy-fairy, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, Christina, you just spoke about yourself in terms of reading. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll just do the same. So, um, what do you want? Okay, but I so I suppose to introduce herself, guys. So I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> wow, right now. <laughs> um, so hi, I'm Ashley, and I've also loved reading like always. I used to always read growing up. My parents tell me stories about them finding me in my room underneath the covers with a flashlight reading a book when after they put me to sleep. I think. Uh, Reading in low light caused me to have bad eyes right now. <laughs> By the way, we all wear glasses. We all wear glasses, okay? But, um, yeah, I think reading 
I, I read also just different stuff growing up. Um, I used to love Edith Blyton. Found out later that she was a racist. Every <laughs> me. Um, I read all of her books. <laughs> my my favorite one, I don't know why I still remember it, but it was called The Peculiar Cow. It's so weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, but I... Like you see now, Rebel Women Lit was a, a great space. Uh, um, that was uh, started by Kingston-based, Jamaican-based, Caribbean-based um, black women and uh, that created a nice little community where we could all just get together and just chat about stuff, books and everything in between. <laughs> so that's how this was. This is basically our book club in podcast format. So it's like, like a real book club. As the name suggests. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I've read almost everything I could get my hands on, um, mm. including encyclopedias, which gave me random information that is completely useless in my life. Um, <laughs> or not. You or not. Know. Who knows? You There's going know. to be a quiz that I have to one do. One day. And, and Somebody's going to ask you on the sheet one day about the Pythagoras. Pythagoras you know, actually. <laughs> you're going to be able to solve that It shit. happened to you, didn't it? No, 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 no. no. Um, there was actually a math book that came with the encyclopedia set and Pythagoras theorem was just blowing my mind. <laughs> and I was like, I think I was in fourth or third grade reading about this, this and I did not. Thing. Yeah, but I, I didn't know it was supposed to be a hard concept or something that was because it was just <laughs> so fun. Anyway, fun guys. Does okay. this. All right. Does yeah. This. So it, it's interesting because Rebel Woman Lit is a large part of what I read, but it's still only a part of the stuff I read. I read a lot of math books and mm. science history books and yeah that will you'll never see that on our book <laughs> because no <laughs> like that's not the community i'm interested in but um i i agree once i started rebellion i started reading more and i started being a lot more deliberate about the type of things i read about the stories that i read and i wanted to read and consume mm. and hear from different people and it must work because apparently other people feel the same way. Other people feel the same way? Yeah, and um, before the book club, I had asked us to... Because I, I, I really wanted to start the podcast with a wrap-up in a very <laughs> weird way. I just thought it'd be a very quirky thing to do. So I had asked Christina and Ashley to come up with the... I, I think I want to call it the most impactful books of the decade. Whether or not they were good mm -hmm. is a different thing or bad. But I think if we we're supposed to say which books really represented the decade, mm -hmm. what would those books be? Admittedly, there's stuff on the list I haven't read, but I know that they had a huge impact because mm -hmm. everyone was, was reading it. Everyone had it. Um, or it shifted the way books were sold or books were talked about mm -hmm. or consumed and I think that a lot, when I looked back at the list I was like wow this is interesting so I'm curious to see what we have on the list that's similar what we have is this similar and just to talk about <laughs> these books <laughs> yeah I'm gonna start with the most controversial one obviously so one of the books I have or well series of books that I have on my list is Fifty Shades of Grey yeah, that's the top of my list as well. So Fifty Shades of Grey. 
when that book came out um there was a whole bunch of chatter about that book i remember mm -hmm. hearing um firstly that it was a book for stay-at-home moms who were lonely <laughs> and so i said all right let me see what this is about because it was literally everywhere it was literally everywhere okay. so i read it i read the entire series by the way everyone Oh, you did? I did. I think I, I only did. read book one and two. I read the entire series in a couple of days because it was just that bad and poorly written. Um, <laughs> but the book, regardless of what I think or what anybody thinks, the book series completely changed. Um, it changed. It changed so much of what we think about sex. When I say we, I don't necessarily mean we here. But how the world looked at sex, it sort of took BDSM out of the, out of the closet. It took BDSM out of the closet and sort of put it on the, not sort of, it put it on the mainstream. The information might not have been correct or even recommended information for anybody to consume. But it did that and it did that in such such a large way it's and it's kind of bizarre because of where 50 shades of gray came from fan fiction and here it is making such a huge impact on the type of guy that women should want or should desire what is considered to be the ideal sex symbol which is somebody who's abusive and using you for their trauma um it's crazy <laughs> Don't. Um, for me, I had Fifty Shades of Grey on it because of the huge impact. I, the book industry changed mm -hmm. because of Fifty Shades of Grey. The way people talked about books, book clubs were formed on the basis of, of Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey. Um, and it was in everything. Everything! We were talking about it. Television series were... Everyone had to read it or at least know someone there who was reading it. There's too. a movie called Book Club. And the book and the book talks about Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey made, I think, also well. It is the I think it, um, I can fact check this, but I'm almost sure it's the highest grossing book for the decade. Oh, over really? 100 million. Yeah, I just googled it. Over 125 million copies Holy were sold. Shit. Like, Holy shit! I remember reading stories of how Fifty Shades of Grey saved some bookstores because you knew you People were being able yeah. to do that because that quarter Holy 50 shit. shades are great like it wow and you're right about the whole talk about sex mm -hmm. i don't think like bdsm was that weird Kink. sketchy part mm -hmm. of the internet where you know those html graphics yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and then everyone was talking about it and only also, weirdos do that shit yeah, yeah but no everyone no, everyone every housewife mm -hmm. i think it did get a housewife thing it yeah. did yeah and i think um but i think that there's a lot for women's sexuality it did um and it's especially interesting because romance is typically um it's marketed as a woman's genre and not just any type of woman either it's the usually the stay-at-home mom um the the woman who has single, been married yeah longing single for longing for a relationship the married woman who doesn't have sex with her husband anymore. in 20 years that's a sort of that's a sort of descriptor Marking, that yeah. people put towards romance and so for a book like this this sort of gave those women a sort of edge like it 
beefed up their confidence it made them a little bit more sexually alive or just to talk about and sex. or talk about just sex normally yeah. and so again say whatever you want about 50 shades of gray but it did that it shipped over the taboo <laughs> it did a lot I, I think also it started a lot of what i think we now see it as normal in terms of discussions around pop culture or mm. book culture as is this feminist or is it misogynistic mm, yeah i think a lot of that yeah once media comes out, the first thing you ask is, "Is it feminist?" A <laughs> lot of it to me feels like it came, like it became really mainstream yeah. after Fifty Shades of Grey to have those discussions about books, movies, mm. and um, also consent and yeah. submission. Like that was a huge. I think that was a huge, huge discussion that came out after Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey. Consent. Consent. Yeah. What does consent mean? What does it look like? Why is it important? Um, and then the idea of submission. What does submission mean in the BDSM community? Yeah. I remember that. I remember reading several articles after finishing this book from people who are within the, the um, BDSM community who were pissed. <laughs> they were pissed at this book because in BDSM consent is so foundational. And so to have this woman write in such a way where she basically dismisses consent in um, several scenes, it was a huge, um, it was a huge thing to discuss. Mm -hmm. And we can see now how consent is extremely important with how um, the Me Too movement, especially in the United States, how that is playing out. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you have it on your list? No, I did not. Uh, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I think one interesting, I think just my final thought on Fifty mm -hmm. Shades of Grey is what I thought would have happened after that didn't was main, well, fan fiction becoming mainstream. I could have mm -hmm. sworn after Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey coming out of Twilight that mm -hmm. you'd have had more people. Some breakthrough authors mm -hmm. who wrote on Tumblr or something. I mean, they have a few. Uh, they have a few. I and a few of them have turned into movies too. It's usually Wattpad because, you know, yeah. teenagers, not just teenagers either, but, you know, aspiring writers, they use Wattpad. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I have a serious problem with Wattpad, but that's probably another podcast. Wow, I'd love to hear I'd love to hear that. I actually don't know much about <laughs> Wattpad. Either culture I just like I know it's there I just feel I just like there's know. an obsession with the brooding I mean this is probably a romance thing overall but the obsession with the brooding and mysterious borderline manipulative abusive male protagonist well there's I mean such we a see it in like the Netflix um, you right right where that sexy to be stalked and bothered by an attractive male I haven't watched it I actually know. started watching it so I, I when it just came out I started watching it and I stopped in the first 15 seconds because mm -hmm. I realized the stalker worked at a bookstore Mm -hmm. And it felt too close to home. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I'm like, okay. No triggers needed. Yeah, no, that's not. But then I saw people talking about season two and mm -hmm. about some plot twists and blah. And I was like, okay, maybe people that I quite respect are read or watching this. So let me let me try. So I got through, I think about three quarters through season one, and it's satirical. So mm -hmm. it, it is very satirical. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. It's not great. I think it's for fans of, 
if you liked Pretty Little Lies or mm -hmm. you liked um, Gossip Girl, okay. interestingly, two actors from both of those shows yeah. are in it. Damn. Um, but it's the same type of thing, but it's for an older audience that learned consent that learned a lot more of like things we do know mm -hmm. that if you're watching Pretty Little Liars or Gossip Girl you'd be like yeah no this is not okay but I think it's the same audience mm -hmm. just at the higher level in yeah. terms of age mm -hmm. but it's that kind of like you're halfway through it and you're like oh my gosh this needs to end but you're still watching <laughs> you're kind of so kind of thing yeah, yeah. but he oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why i was like no i'm going to my bed did you <laughs> see the interview that um the main character did with gina um, Rodriguez? Yeah. oh my god that was so embarrassing <laughs> i mean outside of her he was explaining oh, no, that was the really show good. um it's to see, it's to demonstrate how far we go to forgive an evil white guy and i was just like Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based on what I've heard and seeing the, the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And my only fear is that people won't see that. Uh, people won't see that what? the show is <laughs> attempting to send you a message. Yeah. It actually feels like a lot of a response to things like mm -hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And a lot of that where you're like, mm, these characters mm. be shady. <laughs> male protagonist yeah nice so some years because we had 50 shades of gram yeah before. so i have uh, king sonor as uh, the first uh, like well i have two mm -hmm. collection of essays and i have how to love a jamaican as a second one i really really like how to love mm -hmm. a jamaican i also really like king sonor i just think uh, if i had to choose though I think I would choose How to Love a Jamaican just because I think Alexio has such a beautiful way of writing and I felt uh, like I felt like uh, her story it was nice to see and hear about Jamaica from not from somebody who has lived here and who has experiences um just growing up here so, I mean there are diaspora stories and um, she talks about I guess well she, her characters like move abroad and things like that um but uh, i don't know it was an easy read i could i think i finished it in like a weekend and uh, it just felt breezy what i like impactful for you um well i said because i like i like to it was a it was a story told by jamaican about jamaicans and it felt mm -hmm. like because we're sprinkled all over the globe mm -hmm. it had a good representation of the jamaicans kind of like a yard and mm -hmm. abroad king sonora was good too i like to i think this was the first book that i read that had places that i pass every single day mm. in on the pages of the book i'm talking about matilda's corner <laughs> and mana park and all of those places i was like yes this is great real. it felt very authentic and uh, i i don't think i ever had an experience you know, you, you read a lot of, well, I personally read a lot of books about some other place in foreign, usually London, or sorry, usually, usually the UK or America. It's nice to see local places and names mm -hmm. on pages. I felt like that was such a huge thing um, this decade as well. Um, just people wanting to see themselves on pages. Yeah. yeah. People wanting to relate but also to be able to relate yeah. so 
I can see my experiences, but I can also see an experience that I know that somebody else went through. And a lot of that, and I think a lot of the books that came out this year, mostly the fiction books, um, I think a lot of them attempted to. <laughs> Some did better than others yeah. to relate, um, especially to people within different marginalized communities. We want to see ourselves on these pages. We don't want to read about other people anymore, especially white people. We're tired <laughs> of it. And so a huge thing was seeing ourselves on those pages. And, <clears throat> and that goes into my one of the books, on, one of the other books on my list, which is Here Comes the Sun. Um, I think Here Comes the Sun was one of those books that I read and after reading um, I had to sit with it for a little. The story itself was relatable, maybe not complete, maybe not all of it was relatable to my life but there are so many parts of it that I could see myself in or other parts that I could see other people in and like Ashley said the familiarity of so many of the the places that were mentioned but even the people that were mentioned the so names the see, names yeah. you um remembering vendors or i come from an inner city community so hearing um or well seeing those stories of people who are out outside have them look a stall a set up shop and a sell so and so it, it became, it felt very real. And again, the story is one that is so familiar to so many Jamaican people. And then outside of its personal impact, I think it had a wide impact too, like globally. Like Nicole Dennis Bell put her foot in this fucking book. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually quite upset it didn't get more awards. There are quite a few books that I've read that I'm just like, what? <laughs> How did you get here? <laughs> like, why is everyone paying attention to that book? This one is so much better. And I definitely felt that for Here Comes the Sun. Um, I think even removing my Jamaican bias, mm -hmm. it was just a great It was just book. really yeah. well written. It was, it was really good. So I, I cared about these characters, whether I love them or I hate them. There mm -hmm. wasn't a character that she wrote that I had, I was apathetic about. There you was felt all their stories. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially that mother Jesus. <laughs> um, that's interesting that you say that. The next book I had on my list was Americana, which oh, oh yeah, at the time I felt. I love so, how she said at the time. <laughs> listen, yeah, I so, wanted to be Ifemelu, okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Be so, like everybody did. I feel like at the time that I read it, let me Google when did Americana come out? I think it was twenty ten. Yeah. No, I think it's probably the start. Twenty ten, twenty thirteen. Yeah, it was at the start of the decade. Mm. So I remember reading Americana, and I was just. I think it was. It kind of did slowly start propel me reading more black women mm -hmm. in literary fiction because I was like. 
oh my god i relate to this so much i want this to be her good. she's amazing and now looking um, back it's so cringy <laughs> i haven't read it i haven't read it i wanted I to read i started rereading it and then i kind of put it down but uh, i really like that book too i thought about putting it on my list and then i said okay well i think that there are a little bit more impactful books for me mm -hmm. um but yeah same thing you said during about it just felt like yo chimamanda was she was doing shit back in 2020. She's a great like, well, I, I don't think we can take that away from her. No, no, no. Yeah. She's great. She's great. Excellent and I special. think for me, because I did my list based on not necessarily what was impactful for me, but impactful overall, yeah. which is fine. I think I think it's interesting that we have a different list. But for me, I thought Americana was impactful in a way that it ushered, it, it seemed to have ushered modern African literature. Yeah into more mainstream i think it kind of get the especially for nigerian literature i think yeah. it did like a floodgate of revamping mm -hmm. modern nigerian literature um a bit problematic because it's nigerian literature based in the u.s yeah. um, um half of the other sun didn't do that much which mm -hmm. i think yeah but, <laughs> but yeah i think that book kind of did a floodgate for pay attention to nigerian stories. literature pay attention to african literature pay attention to what stories are we not seeing in the mainstream yeah. because that book did win a lot of awards yeah. and mm -hmm. she started becoming the voice the voice the in literature african space continent yes <laughs> entire space and then Shimamana. she kind of started becoming the voice of women a few years later and then Ooh. it kind of just went mm. it became a whole other thing <laughs> and but i think we can't deny the impact of that book in terms of the floodgates it definitely it. did that for me because to this day i stand african literature and i i'm hoping to explore more but that book certainly opened me up to um discovering more and seeing more of what it had and just like ashley i wanted to be you call her i <laughs> <laughs> i said if oh you said if i don't know if it right i don't know if it right but i said if femelu i fem that's what sure. obinze used to say yo i wanted to find my obinze yo listen <laughs> listen you don't know that book just uh, it touched me you mean the man that left his wife and children listen, to fly to let's let's not <laughs> let's not get too no, deep no, into no. it but, going uh, to. but yeah um looking back now it's it's she time. was something <laughs> <laughs> she was something that character she yeah. was something but i think it really because i think before that it was things fall apart yeah that mm -hmm. was the China, african yeah. book mm -hmm. and then chimamanda just this came and then now we have uh, we have we know about the likes of a whole bunch of african yeah. authors and a whole modern like, mm -hmm. yeah they're telling i mean the ones yeah. that i know are mainly nigerian to be honest but oh, yeah, uh, yeah. i need to explore some more african that authors continent, the continent yeah. that's why rebel authors. women lit is here yeah <laughs> so I added a poetry collection to Ooh. my list. Bone was really good. That oh my gosh! Can I tell Ooh. you? I will read Bone at least once a month. Listen, like, I so, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> listen. You you touched me, Erso. How you pronounce her name? Erso. Erso. Okay, Erso. Listen. But now we don't know if we're correct. I just want to say that this Bone 
sorry, this book touched me to my bones. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm aside. It it made me feel okay with being soft and sensitive, mm-hmm. and it just made me realize that there's nothing wrong with feeling a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, that that was just really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this collection maybe two years ago. Was it with Rebel Women Lit? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just... Uh, it was just so good and it was just so timely for what was happening in my life. And just like... Just... Uh, I, I'm not really a poetry fan. I don't particularly like poetry. I don't know why it just doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I w- I have reread this book maybe about three times because it's that good, and I just feel like everybody with a pulse should read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Honestly, like every month I pick up the book and I flip to, yeah. to some page and then I read it and I put it back. It's literally at the top of my book pile <laughs> yeah. because I'm always going back to it. So yeah, that I think she did a thing. She, did. she, she really keeps did thing. doing things and then she just does stuff for free. Do you guys follow mm-hmm. her on Instagram? Um, She'll just write yeah. something and then post it yeah. on her yeah. Instagram live and I'm just like, yep. <laughs> You're Girl, just doing this art. for me. What? <laughs> and it's gone in twenty four hours. And I think she. I think. She, I think she. Um. She really made people appreciate poetry on a different level. Yeah. Uh, she. Her. Her writing. It's so fucking raw. And I hate using the word raw, but it is. It's raw and it's it's heavy. Yeah. But it's also understandable it's, yeah I like mean, you don't you. i don't feel like it, it's you know like when you're in literature class at school mm. and you have to try <laughs> dissect what the Every, author say okay first it, of all i love doing that okay so. sure <laughs> but sometimes when the author says that something is green it's just looking green you I know guess. but like that's what yeah. i really like about bone or this collection and honestly mm-hmm. also sorry um honorable mention to salt i mean they're both There's a whole thing going on in the book world about salt. What's well, not just on? salt, but about Naira. Um, There's a whole thing about I her. her, her, and uh, what's the other one? Rupi. Oh, okay. about them plagiarizing. I think Irsal. Are you serious? Yeah. Um, the style of writing, but also directly, um, directly taking from Irsa. Uh, there's also talks of Naira being very transphobic. There were lots of receipts that what? were not very transphobic, but just um, sort of a refusal to acknowledge trans people. Um, there was a whole thing. Is she like woman with a B? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell. So I, I read one of the things and can you send that to me because I missed sure. all that. She's one of those. She's apparently one of those people who you know they're very airy fairy and I am mm-hmm. magic. I am Goddess. sun. Yes. <laughs> I am not human sort of thing. And so she was saying she doesn't subscribe to labels. Um, it was really just a very beautifully worded way of saying that I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention trans people as trans people. I'm not going to recognize the term trans. I'm not going to understand 
what comes with um, with the term and it was it was, so it was very dismissive it was yeah it was a beautiful way of being dismissive very so. beautiful way of being dismissive it was a whole thing and of course it started because of ruby car which i should have put on my list so that's on my it's list <laughs> just um remember. love or hate milk and honey milk mm-hmm. and honey changed the it game for poetry it. Um, changed it i think when <laughs> milk and honey came out Everyone was surprised that poetry books were making top-selling lists mm-hmm. again. As in, I've seen the drama about whether or not it was plagiarized. Mm-hmm. I've seen, does she deserve? Does she deserve it? And then it started the whole discussion around Instagram poetry. <laughs> Is Instagram poetry real poetry? Blah blah blah. And I think to me, love it or hate it, it's done. It it it's a very thick stroke in the timeline yep. of poetry yep. and the way we view it. Um, it also did a lot for women in poetry yeah. and women of color being yeah. able to write speak and, and speak write. in this space and know that yeah we deserve awards in this mm-hmm. um, and we can talk about our fucking feelings just like just any like other white person looking at a mm-hmm. fucking flower and decided <laughs> to write two pages about it and well, you have to study that, that for exactly exactly <laughs> contemplation upon flowers oh my gosh <laughs> that wasn't written by a white person though that person was caribbean yeah yeah, yeah. i don't remember shit from literature class that's a lie that's a lie, that's a lie. <laughs> I everything from literature <laughs> Oh my god, um, class, I think uh, my favorite poem from that collection, it was that purple poetry book that every time we a world of poetry, a world of poetry or sunset. Mm-hmm. No, or, was it sun? no, not no, that sun. one. Is it a world of yeah, poetry? Yeah, it's a world of poetry. Okay, I'll have to Google it. But um, the one with the the world end. No, it I, it has slipped my mind. But the world ending. This is at that time I love. Oh, that oh, time I love. The one with the Beatles. Yeah, the Beatles and the Boots. I think a lot of people were blown away by the alliteration in there, yes. the personification. People were like, yeah, personification. I'm so glad that <laughs> I moved away from looking at poetry that way. That, because yeah. you had to learn to do A, B, A, mm-hmm. B, and, and what? Because you got <laughs> stuck into. So here's my thing, too, especially on the Rupi Kaur thing. So when people were talking about their dislike for her, um, as Jorain said, it was this dislike of the style that she used. And I was like, are you guys even fucking serious? Using her style to say it's not real poetry, um, this isn't how poetry is written. I'm like, poetry is formulaic as hell. <laughs> formulaic as hell. They, what's it? Iambic pentamet- pentameter? A B A B A A B B I don't remember these. Like actually, I'm like, what? Okay. Okay, go off. But yeah, just to say, formula is is formulate. There are literally standards set there, and this just reminds me not to go into oh literature again. But when literature was written in a part to literature, but but to go into literature. Yeah, so when literature and poetry was being written in, what is it? Classic standard, then the advent of romantic. Why are you looking at me like I'm supposed to know what you're talking you about? Should. Yeah, 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 but I'm not ready to get one and move on. I need to move on with your life. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but we're talking about classic verses. No, no man, stand okay. up, please. Thank you. It's not romance. <laughs> just romance. Okay. Romantic. Right? But yeah, okay, okay. A, A, B, B. A, B, A, B. Let me be brainy for a second, guys. No, no, no. Go, go, go. So yeah, classic was more about science, logic, absent of feeling completely. And that's how literature was written. But then romanticism came into it and romanticism is about intuition your feeling your sensitivity the starving artist putting all of them feelings on the ground and that's just to say that there's always been a sort of argument about what poetry is what constitutes it and there's always been a switch in dynamics mm -hmm. so this entire argument about this style of quote-unquote instagram poetry isn't real or not worth recognition is one bullshit but also two history repeating itself you know what's real though the money she's making from these she's books. making like, a lot i love that i i saw a lot of mostly older white men mm -hmm. very upset mm -hmm. because this <laughs> young indian girl come and it's not really a words worth and then she was initially self-published as well mm -hmm. and yeah it's undeniable that yeah. it had an impact and now these type of i don't know what they're going to call it mm -hmm. millennial poetry i don't know <laughs> what they're going to call it these type of books these type of poetry it's it is selling it is mm -hmm. popular it's made poetry cool again and it's been really great for young girls i think especially yeah. um like ashley said feeling and being okay with your feelings and talking about it and having somebody write your feelings in a way that you probably never understood it um that was really important and though i say young girls it's not to say that only young girls felt something from this but i think that was really important for young women really important yeah i think uh, books like that um milk and honey bone salt uh they give they create a little space for people to just feel because we live mm -hmm. in a world where you have to block out that huge part of yourself because it's not cool it's not convenient it's, it's not weak it's not yeah it's not productive but mm -hmm. yo like it if something hurts you, something bothering you, like talk about it, like vent. And if uh, writing and reading poetry like that makes you feel better, then power to you. You do that. power to you. Okay. So I have a memoir. Um, I have hunger. Ooh. By I almost Roxanne. chose that. Yes. <laughs> I chose a different. I memoir. chose another Roxanne Gay. <laughs> I really I like I this book. I I think it for me it was impactful because it made me understand a part of uh, a perspective or a perspective that I've never ever considered sorry I've never considered um I I don't and it called me out on on a lot of my personal biases that uh, are subconscious or maybe you know like very conscious and I, I just appreciate Roxane Gay for writing that memoir and again putting her life mm -hmm. out there and I think it introduced me to or it gave me a greater appreciation for people telling their stories like 
I valued her story. Like sometimes I was reading it and I'm like, yo, I can't. It just it was it was a hard read for me, but I pushed through because I just felt like it was important for me to read because I needed to hear. There's nobody in my immediate space that um, has or fits that sort of criteria, um, or that sorry that 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 fits the type of person that she's, you know. And so I just I just felt like. I wanted to know and this book gave me this opportunity to 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 learn more about somebody who's going through um trauma somebody who's going through uh body dysmorphia somebody who's going through just shit that i never really had to consider mm -hmm. and i just uh, i was grateful for that book yeah very grateful i think she was very delicate in her writing as well and uh, it just made me realize that I gravitate a lot towards books that are more sensitive, that are more authentic or that feel more authentic and feel just more um, raw. Like Christina, <laughs> <laughs> like Christina said previously. Wow. I just like, uh, I like an honest story and mm -hmm. it felt very honest. It was very, yeah. Hunger was really good and I think Hunger made memoirs cool again cool. like Roxanne Gay is um Roxanne Gay made let me just go into the book I have for her I had Bad Feminist and I couldn't choose between Bad Feminist and Hongo because Roxanne Gay this made blending academic writing personal writing yes. and twitter pop culture oh, yeah. into yes. the literature space yes. and she made it very cool and easy and digestible but at the same time it was still heavy and hard and it made you think i read hunger for me maybe it was one of the few books that's ever made me cry mm -hmm. i read it in one day i just read it in one go and i bawled <laughs> it was just really good it, yeah. it really put into words a lot of what i've thought or a lot of the things I just couldn't articulate mm -hmm. or ideas I had, it called me out on a lot of my bullshit as well. Mm -hmm. um, especially around diet culture mm -hmm. and how we treat fat people or the assumptions we make about people. Yeah. Um, Yo, that, that dragged me for fail. <laughs> <laughs> the assumptions part? The assumptions part, yeah, definitely. But I think also just Roxanne Gay is... And she made being a problematic fave a thing mm -hmm. I, I don't think people have quite recognized that that like with bad feminist for me was even just the title was yeah i'm going to be problematic because yeah. i'm human yeah. yeah like i have feminist ideals but at the same time we're human and, 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 yeah. and i thought it was a really good response to another book i don't have on my list but i thought was also impactful was lean in and that kind of culture no, of that. I don't read it. But uh, I don't remember some white lady. Okay. Um, but leaning was around. It's feminism. It's around just from the title. Leaning. It's yes. it's feminism in the workplace and how do you mm. advance and all of that. And that feminist felt like I. I don't think it was a direct response, but it was a response to that idea of mm. feminism and privilege and yeah. how do you 
what does feminism look like in other spaces yeah. and bad feminists was very much intersectional at the time when intersectional was really meant what it meant <laughs> before it became like the buzzword and then it's just Can like yeah let's not say that word anymore but I think, yeah, I couldn't decide between hunger and bad feminists, but Roxanne Gay definitely icon. Icon yep. for the decade. I felt that um, when I was reading Hunger, I was really impressed by how, like you said, how she was able to fit her personal life into just this broader context. Um, it really gave me a huge understanding on just how fat phobic every institution is yeah. um how especially the medical institution oh my gosh just how horrible and disgusting they are to fat people and that shook me up and i think what what's great about hunger too is just like you both said it forced you to feel uncomfortable like sit with your biases and sit with how uncomfortable this is because this is something that we as fat people have to deal with every single day of our lives this is what it is and you need to know what it is yeah i recommended hunger to everyone it, yeah. i must have annoyed people because like i don't even know these people you i'm need sure to you did like a whole <laughs> you need to read about it you need to read hunger <laughs> Oh, what are you reading? Read Hunger instead. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, yo, everyone needs to read this book. Y'all need um, to get it. Regardless of, I think regardless of whether or not you thought about body image, mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it definitely changes your worldview after. Yeah. Roxanne is amazing. She's, She's a great writer. I enjoy reading the things that she, she writes. I didn't even like Bad Feminist. <laughs> I mean, it was impactful. Yeah. I think also probably the time that I read it, it was I read her later works and then went back to it, and so you were all yeah, yeah. Like introduced like, to it. <laughs> yeah, you were a little spoiled. Yeah. Um, on the note of memoirs, I have Becoming Ooh, on mine as impactful. I haven't read Becoming, and I have literally I no intentions not. of reading <laughs> Becoming. Just to put that out there, but Becoming when it came out was huge. And I think it was huge, not just because of the author, but what the author represented to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I remember recently seeing something on Facebook. Yes, I went on Facebook. <laughs> uh, there was this meme about her being the most educated um, first lady that the White House has had. I think she's probably the third. Um, probably the most degreed. Maybe, yeah. I think that's probably what they meant. Maybe that's what they meant, but they used the word educated. They were talking about her having um, her doctorate in law, so maybe that's why. Um, but yeah, so Michelle Obama, the Obamas, but Michelle Obama had been or has been catapulted into the stratosphere as the ideal black woman. Um, she became such a with her colleagues. She became the thing that uh, black girl magic and black ex excellence yeah. preaches about, right? Because yeah. you know, we know as beautiful as black girl magic and black excellence is, it's very, it has a particular brand and a particular yeah. look at and Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama is Michelle that. Obama is that She's also brand. the ideal wife, the ideal mm -hmm. model, yeah. the, and I don't know, I am, I am, 
I think it's probably, I was looking for a political book to mm -hmm. include in it and I thought Becoming was definitely the, in a decade where mm -hmm. memoirs were a thing where everybody had a memoir, every, everyone who touched Obama had a memoir, mm -hmm. <laughs> Michelle Obama just came at the end of the decade and said none of you guys matter, not even <laughs> Barack's, Ob Barack's memoir would have, was as successful as Becoming, mm -hmm. yeah, so everybody wanted yeah um i didn't read becoming but uh, i agree that it was impactful um particularly because uh, it was on everybody's reading list and bookshelf and coffee tables um yeah but i was going to mention some of the topics i read a lot of articles about it and watched a lot of videos about it but she went into like her fertility mm -hmm. and uh, i think as women that's an issue that is uh, just starting to pick up momentum um, in our conversations and people's like struggles with uh, um, conceiving and their struggles with their that marriages and womanhood. yeah and how, like those type of conversations have historically been hush hush it's it's been especially for black women yeah especially for black women and so I like that a powerful woman like Michelle Obama spoke about that. Um, I have uh, no feelings about <laughs> Michelle Obama, to be very honest. But, I uh, have a little, but not a lot. It's not little. enough for me to care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next book I had on my list was Gone Girl. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So Gone, Gone Girl, Gillian Flynn was huge, massive. Came out in 2014? 2012. 2012 it came out and then the film adaptation came out in 2014 and I loved that movie. I so love the book, I love the movie and I read it I think at the end of high school or probably just when I started mm -hmm. university and it was really good and I think what made it impactful for me besides the fact that it was a successful book and movie and it started for me, it started the trend of women as villains and yeah. women as sociopaths. Yeah. And that turned into woman in the window girl mm -hmm. on the train and all these other things into to me makes things like killing eve so Ooh. normal <laughs> where we're all rooting for us we're all rooting for assassin. the <laughs> yeah so gone girl to me was very impactful and even i know lots of people watched the film but didn't read the book the book is it's one of the few times the book is just as good as the movie or the movie wow. is just as good as the book and there's that that quote that i love that they included in the movie as well when she talks about the cool girl oh my god yo the cool girl this is such an impactful <laughs> best scene creation yeah and i think and that's why it's impactful too because i remember watching this video that i watch this youtube channel that i subscribe to where it sort of dissects movies yeah. and there was one movie that it was looking at i can't remember particularly but they were using the cool girl monologue to talk about the type the archetype um the different archetypes of women that yeah. men fantasize oh, and yeah. love oh, and that they also impose in tvs and movies and the cool girl scene was just yeah yes that's, that's she's aspirational and uh, is she though no well she was for me yeah for me as a, like a teenager, a teenager. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the person you want to be yeah because well, yeah 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 that's she how you seems get the authentic guy. but then she gets every like the guys that she likes mm -hmm. but then you realize that it's 
all performative yeah, as the well. patriarch is fun. Yeah, yeah. You and you're still subscribing to you're doing all of these things, you're bending backward for something. You're trying to, to subvert femininity, but you're doing it all in hopes of getting yeah. the guy. Yeah. And that's problematic. Yeah, so I think Gone Girl also just the question of I've seen so many, is this movie feminist? Is it misogynistic? Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thread and I think that was a lot of the media that we did. Um one of the books I read in December was Ah, oh, fuck, what's it one? My sister the serial killer. Yeah. Which also had a lot I saw a lot of people on Goodreads was like, Oh, this book is not feminist because like first of all, <laughs> her sister is a serial killer, <laughs> and she's covering for her sister. But a lot of people, I think, once I think it's also when you see women and they're doing something, mm-hmm. it's like we need a reason yeah. so we can. I'm like, we need to locate no, this feminist serial killer, <laughs> and her sister is covering for her because that's, that, that, that's the depth of sisterhood right there. There is real sisterhood, but that does not necessarily make it mm-hmm. feminist because not because they're women and. Not because they have pole means it's feminist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy that Gone Girl existed. I, I've read other Gillian Flynn books. It's not, I don't like it as much as Gone Girl. Yeah, but I, I think it really did start a thing. And I think the fact that I just said cool girl monologue and y'all got what it meant. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's impact that right book, there. That book. Yeah. So um, on my list. I have Mr. Man Booker himself. I have both of his well-known books, but I'm gonna go with A Brief History of Seven Killings. Yeah, uh, that's on my list. Of- and I go with it because, well, it's the book that won the Man Booker Prize. Um, started reading it, never finished. Don't plan on trying to finish it. Um, but it was impactful in that uh, and I guess it became even more popular after it won the prize, where a lot of people had this book in their Instagram photos. Internationally or locally? Internationally. Internationally. Okay. Like, I mean, locally as well. Yeah, <laughs> locally, yeah, because it became, after it won it, you started seeing it a lot more on yeah. bookshelves. I mean, it was still talked about before it mm-hmm. won it, though. Like, a lot of people are just like, you need to read this. This is the most accurate representation right. of Jamaica in this time. Um, <laughs> it was a whole thing. People were obsessed with it. It was obsessed about the... the book club started because of this book. Yeah, I think local and died books after. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and died after the shade, though. <laughs> the shade of it all. And I think, I think one of the reasons why it became so popular to... Well, I could be wrong, is because of the the discourse um or what it was attempting to talk about yeah it was such such a f- popular time in jamaica for people to have huge debates and arguments over people love discussing the 70s and the 80s in jamaica we love discussing the politics that um the politics and everything that came as a result of the politics during that era yeah. and uh, yeah, and Marlon James sort of became the voice of Jamaican literature. <laughs> yeah, the modern... For better or worse. I mean, also modern Jamaican and even to some extent Caribbean literature people think Marlon James now. Yeah. I think also... Yeah, it, it was pretty impactful mm-hmm. in terms of the book of being won by a Jamaican black mm-hmm. gay man. Yeah. And 
also being a book that wasn't 100% in quote-unquote standard English mm -hmm. so you can go check the Goodreads comments for people complaining that they can't <laughs> understand it but screw them <laughs> mostly white people I'm sure no, they still bought the book. He he he'll be fine. Yeah. Got his money. <laughs> he got his money. He'll be fine. All the books are doing um, So I have one last book, uh, um, and uh, it's not fiction. It's uh, like a collection of. Uh, it's called Serious Things Are Gonna Happen, and it's a book that's impactful for me. It was uh, published by a Jamaican uh, named Maxine Walters. She's really big in the creative space here. Um, she's a media, uh, not personality, but just like in the media space. But this book is a collection of uh, signs, party signs in Jamaica. And uh, her journey, there's a documentation of her collecting these signs throughout the decades. And uh, just, uh, it's an anthropological study in a sense of uh, how Jamaican signs are curated and how um, the different themes and the typography and the colors and the slangs and that... This explains your hobby. This, this, <laughs> this sparks my hobby. I collect signs, the party signs for people who don't know. Um, they're, they're literally free art. So that's all I'm saying. But as in you collect them as in flyers or do you no, take they, photos? No, I take they, the sign posts off of the, 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 the yeah, post. You are the, the actually. This, I am doing a public service. They don't take up when the did signs. When start also. this? I started um, Christmas of 2018. I have oh, about 60 okay. signs. Um, so my friend, he does graphic design. And when he was on Preston, he did a... Uh, like a printout, it's probably like a human size printout mm -hmm. kind of roll up type of banner thing. And someone stole it. Wow. But wow. apparently, he found out who did it. And apparently, that's what he does. He just takes signs, he takes oh. party signs. So, oh. her, you okay. make signs. This person will <laughs> start a club of people <laughs> who come to the different. Yes, I have rules. Well, okay. the party ended, you know, but oh. for him, it was a big deal because it's the first time he did something that mm -hmm. was. Or yeah, it was the first time he did something that was large print like that. Okay. He's gone on to do billboards, but mm -hmm. it was impactful for yeah, him. He was yeah, like, I'm yeah. first time doing. Mm -hmm. And the man go back for the sign and there. <laughs> and then he met the person after by accident, and he just saw it in the dorm, and he's like, my shit. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but I'm not that person because, first of all, these signs are in the public. Yeah, yeah they're, like on, the they're in public space. Footloose ones. Yeah, Footloose, Mellow Vibes, yeah. um, Kilimanjaro. Listen, if you really took the in time. In 30 years, looking back at those will yeah, be amazing. Really cool. It's yeah. amazing and it's so great because I actually met Maxine Walters mm -hmm. at uh, Kingston Market randomly one night. She, we had did a little chat. Know? Yes, I did. I a blurry <laughs> selfie of me and Maxine Walters, my hero, <laughs> on my phone. But aside from that, she told me that she has about 4,000 signs. Oh She's been collecting them. She oh, has a storeroom oh, okay. her, at her house. And uh, she's been collecting them from the 70s. Whoa. And in the book, she talks about how... She, does she have a... Or she did, did she have a gallery? She did an exhibition. Oh, this this uh, exhibition traveled to Cuba. It traveled to different cities in the United mm -hmm. States. Um, it had a local exhibition here at the gallery. 
and that's actually how i start i found out about it one day i used to love washing ear and uh, i was in high school and uh, i saw that clip or that portion of the program and i said this is the coolest thing i've ever done i've ever seen in my entire life and before i die i have to do this <laughs> this was probably much cooler than stamps <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's like maybe seven years ago that i saw it and i just started collecting in 2018 and i have about 60 signs so nice. it's really cool nice. um long term i have like a vision of what i want to do with them but for right now i just love the thrill of going around and like collecting i, I drive right around there. in my hammer listen she does. She i have does. a hammer in my car and i just take off party signs after the party has passed by the way yeah just like the other guy <laughs> <laughs> But and like interesting it's interesting though. It's so That's cool, and great. then you realize that there's they are beautiful. They are beautiful, but then there's a rich culture, and each yeah. parish has their mm-hmm. own like yes. type of, type of style and how the how they phrase the stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there's like um common themes like neon colors. Yeah, are really I was just gonna mention that. All neon over. greens and pink. Yes. I'm listen. looking forward to your exhibition. Listen, yeah. it's great, I too. and I should. I well, I was thinking about having one over the Christmas, but. We'll see, we'll see. I have enough signs to have a little mini exhibition, so we'll see. Great. Shout out to Maxine I think Walters. So Maxine Walters, big up yourself. Big up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be so great for any sort of study on the culture, dance yeah. culture, but yeah. Jamaican culture. So in like 10 years, I'm expecting an essay from you. Regarding or you so can much. write the essay on <laughs> her collection. So I don't know you exactly. Yeah. Write the essay on Thank my collection. Okay, I will. <laughs> Look out for it in ten years, guys. Twenty thirty. <laughs> um, I'm wrapping up my list. Um, I have three left. I'll just list all three. So I had Black Leopard, Red Wolf, and I had it mostly because again I've been seeing, I've been seeing it everywhere since it came out. Everywhere, Jorin is giving me a face. <laughs> um, and these two were extremely impactful for me, and I think one of them might be really impactful globally too. Um, there's Fresh Water and Stay With Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Stay With Me. Stay With Me. Needed more fucking awards. I did not Look expect here. Stay With Me to stay with me <laughs> like that. I did not expect it at all. Ayobami, wherever you are, girl, big up yourself. Big up yourself. <laughs> stay With Me was such... I, 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 I know words. <laughs> no words. There really are no words for stay with I me. Didn't see I it read it and as soon as I read it I'm really a book pusher. As soon as I read it, I was like, Mommy, you need to read this. And then she read it. And I know a book is good when my mom reads it because she has no time for anything. Mm-hmm. So if my mom reads it then yeah, it's really good. It's worth her. the time. It is really, really good. Um stay with me, I think one of those books I think needed more awards, it needed more attention, mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. She needed to win all those awards that throw heavy money at artists. Talk about said, writing. Here, write some more. Take, take some money and just live and write. Mm-hmm. Oh, talk about writing. Her writing is just poetic. So beautiful. What I do like is that she helps other authors as well. So I've read recent literature. Mm-hmm. 
including the serial killer one where in the acknowledgements they'll say thank you i'm mm -hmm. helping and i, I love seeing that That's stuff really when cool. authors yeah. i love when authors just They're like let me share especially when i like them absolutely yeah. hate when i like an author and i find out that they're assholes <laughs> <laughs> so it's really it's really nice to know okay you're not writing because you're helping other yeah. people write cool mm -hmm. books but you know i still need another book yeah this entire <laughs> book was great it was messy in a way oh it was also extremely like you know Samantha, we can to confirm because we've been no <laughs> yes this is so much drama and and it touched on so many things um womanhood motherhood what those relationships are like um what wife means within that particular context is just a lot <laughs> and then fresh water what Again, can no I words. say? <laughs> what can I really say? Hmm? Now that you have killed me, Akweke, <laughs> what will you say at my funeral? Because I want to be there They're to hear so it. talented. They are I love, I love, I love being able to see the back, kind of the background of what's happening in mm. their lives when they'll say, oh, all it is right. It's the way people have nine to fives. Mm -hmm. Discipline enough to say, I am releasing a book every year. Every year. And they've done that. <laughs> what? <laughs> You'll see a thread that they have, and they're like, all right, 50,000 words done. Then they'll say, all right, no, book three done. Book five done. And they tell a story about how they were almost basically homeless like yeah. couch surfing and then bought their apartment in the last year i'm like that's that goody and have their yeah. own garden yeah so where they cook you know they have their own cat and it's oh, i didn't see that that's cute yeah goose, <laughs> goose poupon that's the name of the cat <laughs> and they have their cat own instagram so expensive. <laughs> The cat has on Instagram. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to follow it just to read the I'm following it, obviously. <laughs> but it's like free words from it a is, it, is, it is all of their captions. Uh, but yeah, Freshwater was dynamic AF. Uh, it, it wrote, it, it's storytelling in a way that I have not read or have not seen. And I think... I think it shifted a lot of things for a lot of people mm. because a lot of people um, assumed what the book was about, which is generally fine. If you're a reader, you're going to interpret it however you want it. Yeah. But it was extremely intentional in shattering Western ideas of being, Western ideas of how you carve out your own identity and framing it in their... Because it, it's autobiographical-ish, yeah. yes. Uh, so a lot of it is based on their own heritage, their own history, the history of their place and their places, many places. Um, and so the storytelling, the, the, the characters, what it, the story itself attempted to bring across, not even attempted, it did. What it brought across was just yeah. yeah, I'm doing a mind blowing action. <laughs> That's what <it> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, so, my last, I have three. I, I'm going to say honorable mentions. One leads into the other. 
Uh, the Fault in Our Stars was... Mm. It's amazing mm -hmm. because everyone was talking about it yep. and now... No, no one is talking <laughs> about it. Yeah, John Green really did make YA a thing for non-young adults yeah. to also he read. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a cute story. It um, and it's it started the whole trend of death. Yes, sick <laughs> In literature, YA? quote unquote, sick literature, Oof. Um, which can be very problematic, but. I mean, the book had impact, and John Green is living his best life, doing everything he wants. Is he and even I, writing now? I'm sure he <laughs> I feel does. Like, I feel like I haven't heard much about he him as well. He does podcasting now. I think he just does a lot of projects. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So he does a lot of projects. Yeah. Like everyone knows Crash Course. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Vlog Brothers. He has a really cool podcast I've been meaning to subscribe to mm -hmm. where he just does. I like him. He rates things in a five star <laughs> way where random stuff. So he'll rate Coca Cola or drawings <laughs> on the wall. But it, it's it's John Green, so it's interesting so, to listen yeah. to. Um but I think what was interesting was the I think Fall of the Stars came out the beginning of the decade and how much it why a has changed since then mm -hmm. because the other book i have as an honorable mention is the hate you give mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is very ya but it's very different from yeah. the fault in our stars mm -hmm. but it got the same amount of reception yeah. where ya became a place to talk about uncomfortable very uncomfortable americans topical very serious mm -hmm. and i guess difficult conversations mm -hmm. for americans for us it's just you need to talk about this obviously <laughs> have a problem yeah. um but I, I think those two books are honorable mentions, but I think kind of bookended mm -hmm. the decade well yeah. in terms of what YA is, what YA is shifting, and mm -hmm. the conversations that young adults are having yeah. and what that looks like. Um, yeah, so I think those two YA books are a thing. And my last honorable mention is a book that wasn't published. Any guesses? How does that work? <laughs> it's a book everyone talked about that wasn't published. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, it's George R. R. Martin. Oh, the winter. Okay. The entire okay. decade okay. 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 over yep. everyone's yep. head. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It still hasn't been released. Still not out. And yeah. people are still talking about it. <laughs> people are still talking about it. Even yeah. at the end of the show, people are still asking. George R. Martin, I know what George R. Martin for some weird reason if you're listening to episode <laughs> one of our podcast. Write what do you feel like? Honestly. <laughs> if you don't want to write it, no write you it. Write it. it. Like live your life. Because <laughs> really, like imagine creating a world this entire fucking world. As in an entire world. And I love it because the book actually isn't about the world. It keeps mm -hmm. hinting about a magical world. But right. anyways, creating that over the years publishing it and then Probably all of a sudden as fuck. like this man's been writing it for decades and then all of a sudden millions of people holding uh, it for the like uh at your phone what? Twitter, a finding address what i don't know if i actually do that finding an address and then sending hate emails probably <laughs> can you imagine how stressful that must <laughs> be like he created a work give us all right i can't imagine um world building is not easy no. <laughs> Um, he probably all had like so something just not work and he's like shit. We need to go back to the drawing shit, board. Shit, shit, it's too late now. 
But I think that's a part of that's because he's written so other books since. No one cares. <laughs> I think it's a part of um, social media culture, not to be one of those persons, but um, because we have so much access to our favorite whatevers. Rihanna, <laughs> um, because we have so much access to them, we we crave consuming their work now. Yeah, I want it now. We we don't think about the process that it takes to. I mean, I'm not gonna use Rihanna because Rihanna lied blatantly. She said <laughs> the album was coming out in 2019. 2019 has ended. But outside of that, I'll still give her the pass. Okay. I'll still give oh, her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll give her a pass. Rihanna is doing a whole fucking lot. But the thing is, we don't. We don't. I don't think we take the time to understand the process. Um, creating any sort of art, it takes time. It takes yeah. a lot of time, a lot of mind. Um, a lot of motivation. A lot of motivation. Just a lot of feelings. Oh, like sometimes I don't even want to write an email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Much less. To go create a fucking thousand page and book then for you. Millions of people coming to tell you, oh, but then, blah, 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 what happened to this thing? And you mentioned it. Don't tell me I just Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I ain't I doing know. this shit. But I, I, I just thought it was an interesting that everyone was talking about a book that yeah, hasn't been has published. Not been published. That's yeah. crazy as fuck. Yeah. Those are my, my impactful talks about books for better or for worse. I thought Ashley's list was much nicer in it terms of so Yeah, you had nice yeah. books. My books were like yeah. Here are the books I fucking hated. We no, no, nice no, books it's not nice. books that were hated. It's just like these are books no, that were popular and yeah. impactful. Ashley's books were like, I want to read those. That's books because now. I interpreted the question incorrectly. No, no you didn't. But I think that's fine, fine because no Some of mine were books that No in the show notes they don't just have books that are Popular. Yeah. There are books that are know. interesting. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, there are books here that I'm not. Sorry. I still haven't read How to Love a Jamaican. I'm gonna go back it's when good. I get home. Yeah, I have it. You can't. Well, no. No, 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 no. I don't want to borrow anything from you again. I'm not going to borrow anything from you again. So before we started recording, I found out that Christina has Ashley's Kingston. I forgot about it. She has forgotten about it for two years. Okay, tell me now. In the comments below, what should I do to her? I set a reminder. <laughs> Let the record show. I set a reminder to give her back her book on Saturday, and I'll yeah. never. Want the records to show. Yes, because <laughs> I put it in my phone. I'll and never, you know, bring that book ever, ever borrow a book from <laughs> Ashley. Beep beep again. <laughs> ever. Well. I'm gonna take Don't it. ask me for shit either. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is how we're really gonna wrap yep. up the show. We can't wrap it up like that. Let's end exactly. this on a nicer note, guys. Yeah, so what I'm are not- your reading goals for 2020? Because that kind of, that can't leave with that hatefulness in our hearts. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> really quickly, my reading goals. Um, I read, like, honestly, I'm going to just try and read everything I get my hands on. And mm. I know that sounds a little corny and fluffy, fluffy, but. I didn't get to read as much as I wanted to last year and I am prioritizing book reading and books in general and uh, so I'm reading a book now it's great 
I will be reading. What book is that? I'm reading Comatose Thing anyway. Oh! Yeah, that's really good so far by Please. Leonie Ross. Um, I love and, that. That's a short story. What? Yeah. Yo, yo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just remembered the book. <laughs> There's really this good. erotica story in there. I was reading at Chilitos and I was just like, I should go home. <laughs> Because you know the story is so intense, everybody around you is in their own world. Yeah, and you're just like, like everybody's feeling yeah, it. Yeah, like everyone else is looking over it. Like, because it feels like I was watching porn. Because it was so erotic. I okay. was felt like, no one should be you're looking at it. my screen I'm right not now. there yet. <laughs> Trust me, when you get there, Leonie Ross, big up your blood clots. Yeah. Yeah, no, that girl. book is amazing. My and girl. every story is so well-crafted. I clearly have to put it on my list. My girl. You can write though. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. But yeah, like I just I really want to start. I want to not start, but prioritize reading mm-hmm. way more. And uh, um, I want to read more memoirs this year. I think is I when I read Hongo, it wasn't last year, but maybe the year before that. I realized that I <laughs> um memoirs memoirs. So I like hearing people's stories. Um, I like hearing people talk about their experiences and I like to compare like whatever experiences I'm going through with whatever they decide to share and write about and it's really interesting and so I'm a memoir whole right now and I'm okay with that. So my reading goals for this year, I had set an, um, a number target for 50 books and that's really just me punishing myself in a way for not reading enough last year so i'm setting the goal but <laughs> i know don't, that sounds very healthy <laughs> i'm working on it in therapy <laughs> um, but yeah um while i have that number i'm not going to not going to beat myself up too much for not reading it because i also want to enjoy the books that i'm reading and not just try to hit a number so yeah but 50 is still the target so it's my own personal readings plus book clubs books. I'm currently reading The Black Jacobins plus nice. Girl, Woman, Other, which is this month's book club book. So I'm reading both of those and they're both good. <laughs> they're both really good. So yeah, what about you, Jorraine? Um, In terms of, of quantity, I'm aiming for 48 books. Minimal. I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, it's very low for you. Are you okay? No, I think it's a minimum <laughs> thing. Um, so I don't know where it's going to go. I think that's a fair amount in terms mm-hmm. of how I read. There are months where I can read 12, 13 books. Then there are other months where I don't even want to read text messages. <laughs> so yeah, I think possibly eight books, but also beyond just the number, I want to read more of what I already have on my bookshelf. Last year, I significantly cut down the amount of books that I bought um, just so I can read more of what I already own. I think bookstagram culture is very consumer driven Mm -hmm. and it can make you feel like every single new book that's out that everyone's talking about, you need to get it, Mm -hmm. even though you're probably not going to read it for now. So just kind of cutting back on that and reading more of what I have and also reading or buying books from used bookstores more frequently because honestly you don't necessarily need to get books straight from publishers as long as they're in 
good enough condition so yes. it'll smell weird <laughs> <laughs> should do it so really i've been like rummaging sure. more used bookstores as i see them hoping to find stuff so i actually got a jamaica kincaid and some other books from my used bookstore mm-hmm. and hair yeah and even I keep talking about this book too much on this podcast. My sister and serial killer. I had it in my Amazon cart literally the night before. Mm-hmm. I went to the used bookstore um, at Ligani mm-hmm. Plaza besides Circles. Really? I've been into that store and the book selection. You have, to you have to search, but I was really so surprised. I got like four really good books. I also got Jacqueline Woodson. Some other book. But I got like contemporary. I think there's someone who is actively donating actively donating okay. really cool arcs mm-hmm. there okay um, so nice. i got some really good ones and i got them for 400 dollars so yeah <laughs> right Whoa. so like this was on my amazon cart and i got fuck you, you kindle <laughs> <laughs> no don't fuck you kindle no. if you would like to sponsor this no. podcast we love you <laughs> no my no, kindle is my choice. favorite <laughs> gift <laughs> Oh, you got your Kindle as a gift? Yeah, it was the best gift ever. Same, honestly. But now I'm spending a lot of money on books. So So yeah, that's my thing to read. Be more deliberate in terms of reading books out on your own. Um, Getting more books at used bookstores or just swapping books. You have to figure out some sort of library system. And also reading four to eight books minimum. And I find posting it on Twitter or on Goodreads helps me to be accountable. So not just be accountable, it, helps, it motivates me to keep going because mm. I like scrolling through the nice <laughs> I do it for me just yeah. to look at it and go, oh yeah, I remember that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my reading goals. We have a lot to do this year. I know. <laughs> Very ambitious in many ways. So how will we wrap this up? Like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice chatting with you guys. This was a fun conversation. Y'all better subscribe. Yeah. Do it. I haven't figured out yet if I'm going to create a separate thing. I don't know. Um, page? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, Rebel Women Wit is already extremely so, popular. Yeah, follow Rebel Women Lit on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. People keep asking me questions about things that are in the newsletter, and I'm just like, just subscribe, and you won't have to feel annoyed by not seeing all the information you want mm-hmm. on those first set of tweets. So do that and you can reach out to us if you want book recommendations, people just a lot, or if you just want to share what you're reading now, that's always fun and share books that you think we may be interested in or books we've talked about, even if it's years ago, I love seeing, oh, you did talk about this and let's end up really playing like it. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun talking to you, Christina and Ashley. And it was fun. I'm very curious as to where this podcast is going to go. So. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I think it will be fun. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I even if so. only five people listen, I enjoy talking to you guys in my kitchen. It's been <laughs> fantastic. It's fantastic. So and let us know what you think. Yeah. About the podcast and about the books that we talked about. Oh, people always say like, rate, subscribe, share, share it, and give it um, a thumbs up give review. It a thumbs up. <laughs> Five star, five star, yeah. A five star review on anywhere you listen to your podcast. <laughs>
on whatever platform. Share with your friends. We need to get a, a, a script a for this part. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. We'll work on it. But thank you guys so much for joining. And you'll hear us next time. Later. See you at book club. Bye. Oh, that's a good way to end it. See you at book club.